Hello and welcome to Just a Guy and his journey back to God. Today we're in John 3, and before we go there, let's go to God in prayer. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for watching over us and taking care of us. I praise you for the many blessings you bestowed on me and my family, my friends, and my nation. Lord, I know you're the creator of all, and I know you talk to us through your word. I just pray, Holy Spirit, for you to open our hearts, our minds, and our spirits to understand what you want us to know, that you'd help me to understand your insights to gain wisdom and understanding so I can grow closer to you, Father, so I can grow closer to you, love you with my whole being, and love my neighbors as myself. I pray, Father, as we read, I just pray that it would be you speaking to us, not me, and that it would be you that we hear. I thank you and I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So John 3 is chock full of a lot of different things. It's a very significant chapter. In fact, um, Charles Spurgeon writes that if he um, was going to ever explain to somebody and you were talking to someone who was dying, he writes, if you were called to see a person who was dying and wished to read a chapter from the word of God, but you were afraid that the sick one did not know the way to salvation. You could not select a better portion than the one we are about to read. I have chosen it in the hope that some may now learn from it what they must do, what they must do to be saved. So it's a very impactful chapter. And, you know, even like Spurgeon has countless writings on it and in sermons and then on top of it aw tozer does too he has two different areas and topics and then kent hughes has it so it's a very very powerful chapter so let's quit having me babble and let's go ahead and jump on in john chapter 3 verse 1 now there was a pharisee a man named nicodemus who was a member of the jewish ruling council he came to jesus at night and said rabbi We know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. And I want to stop there for a second because personally, I feel like I've lived that. I've lived going to God and Jesus undercover in the dead of night when no one could see me. And it wasn't necessarily when I was first saved or before I was saved. It was, it's been throughout my life and of being saved in times when I just hid and I didn't want anyone to know. And I found the Bible at times during those times is very confusing. And I just know it was, was because my heart wasn't right. I was not actually wanting to understand because I knew the basis and I knew what was right. And I was rebelling So when I'm in rebellion, I can't expect God's word to make a lot of sense. And I think a little bit of that was 
what Nicodemus was facing. But at the same time, Nicodemus doesn't understand. He doesn't know. He may know the technical side, but he hasn't figured it out. So his situation's a little different. And again, Charles Spurgeon puts it a little differently. So let's just keep going. Verse 3. Jesus replied, Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, You must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be? Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, he said. And do you not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen, but still you people do not accept our testimony. I think it's interesting that Jesus now is speaking in the we and not the I, because it's God, it's the Holy Spirit, and it's him. I have spoken to you of earthly things, and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life. So before we go on, it just reminds me of this, where it says, where he says, I have spoken to you of earthly things, and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak to you of heavenly things? And to me, that's all of this is very much about the heart. And it's about being prepared and ready to hear. Like, for me, again, looking back on when I was hiding from God, and I would only approach him in the dark... My heart wasn't ready to understand. And Nicodemus, as I listen to him in these questions and the way he speaks, he's being very literal and his heart's just not ready. And therefore he's not having it open. Although the heart is being, it is being, you know, touched. I think about the man who had a sick son and it will come up later in John, I believe, where he says he comes to Jesus and his son was going to die. And he says, Oh Lord, or Jesus, can you, if you are willing or if you are able, can you heal my son? And Jesus says, if, if I am able and, and you man of little faith and the man return replies, I believe help my unbelief. And I think about that with my own self and my life. And then Nicodemus, it's the humbling of the heart. And only when I've said to God, I'm sorry, I, I don't understand, help my, my lack of understanding, Let, help my lack of faith, only then has God's word really started to make sense to me.
And only then do I really start to hear his voice. It's when I humble myself and I pray for the understanding. Lord, help me understand. I, un- I believe, help my unbelief. Verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already, because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people loved darkness instead instead of light, because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. Think about this. Again, Nicodemus came to Jesus at night. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light, so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. Verse 22. After this, Jesus and his disciples went out into the Judean countryside, where he spent some time with them and baptized. Now John also was baptizing at Anian near Salim, because there was plenty of water, and people were coming and being baptized. This was before John was put in prison. An argument developed between some of John's disciples and a certain Jew over the matter of ceremonial washing. They came to John and said to him, Rabbi, that man who was with you on the other side of the Jordan, the one you testified about, look, he is baptizing and everyone is going to him. To this John replied, a person can receive only what is given only what is given them from heaven. You yourselves can testify that I said, I am not the Messiah, but am sent ahead of him. The bride belongs to the bridegroom. The friend who attends the bridegroom waits and listens for him and is full of joy when he hears the bridegroom's voice. That joy is mine and it is now complete. He must become greater. I must become less. The one who comes from above is above all. The one who is from the earth belongs to the earth and speaks as one from the earth. I think about when John talks about, I must become less. And I think about sermons that I've heard where it's, Jesus needs to, needs to grow in me. I need to allow him to grow in me, the spirit to grow in me. And for me, my man, physical, earthly, fleshly desires, I need to shrink back and become less to allow the Holy Spirit to truly work, work through me. I think about that, about that as John is saying this, that he must become less. And he's happily doing it, whereas, heck, half the time, most of the time, I'm fighting it. The one who comes from above is above all. The one who is from the earth belongs to the earth and speaks as one from the earth. The one who comes from heaven is above all. He testifies to what he has seen and heard, but no one accepts his testimony. Whoever has accepted it has... Su- has certified that God is truthful. For the one whom God has sent speaks the words of God, for God gives the Spirit without limit. And I think about that too. You know, there's people who say today, oh, in modern times, there is no speaking of tongue, there is no prophesying, there is no, there are no miracles being performed. The Spirit is given to us without limit. 
The Father loves the Son and has placed everything in His hands. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. But whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on them. So, reading real quick in chapter, in chapter 3, verse 3, what Charles Spurgeon, I'm sorry, A.W. Tozer wrote, where Jesus says, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Tozer writes, The great God Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, said, This is my name throughout all generations, my memorial forever. I am who I am. I never was created, I was not made, I am. I made you for my love. I made you to worship, honor, and glorify me. I made you to love. I made you to love you and hold you and give myself to you. But you turned away from me and you made yourself God and you put yourself on that throne. That is sin. That's why the scripture says no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. What does born again mean? Among other things, it means a renewal, a rebirth, but it also means getting off the throne and putting God on it. It means that the self-existent one is recognized for who he is. So that really goes back to the example of John the Baptist. He becomes less, I get off my throne and give it to, to Jesus and to God, so that he becomes more and I become less. John really is a great example. Reverently and humbly I kneel before his son, who died and rose and lives and pleads, and I say, O Lord Jesus, I give up. I'm no longer going to sit on the throne and run my own life. I'm no longer going to trust in my own righteousness, which is only a filthy rag. I'm no longer going to believe in my good works or in my religious activities. I'm going to trust thee. I'm going to trust you, the God of grace the God who gave his son to die. And so the new birth takes place, and I trust the Lord Jesus Christ, the man in the glory, my Savior and Lord, and thus I'm saved. Tozer can really put it in an amazing way. But it is that simple. It is that way. I need to get off my throne and humbly submit to him and thank him and say, I am yours. You are my God. I love where he says, you were, I made you for my love. We're made to be loved by God. And so often, I put conditions on my relationship with him. Oh, I was really bad. I, I drank too much the other day, or I swore, or I was a jerk or a jackass to people, whatever it was. I was made to be loved by God. You are too. So with that understanding, let's go back to God in prayer. Praise you, Father. Thank you. You are the creator of all and you created me. You created all of us and I just thank you for it. You created us to fellowship with us, to love us, to give us a fulfilled life. And I thank you that you then came into this earth, onto this earth to save us. So, Lord, I just lift up this time. I lift up this day to you. I lift up our families and our friends to you. I pray that you would be the one that we honor. I pray that it would be you that we glorify. And I pray most of all that we would hear your voice 
and grow closer to you, that we would understand who you are and that we would love you with our whole being so that we could love our neighbor as ourselves. I thank you, Father. I just pray that our spirits would be open to you, our hearts would be open, and I pray for your Holy Spirit to work in mighty ways amongst us. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining me at Just a Guy and His Journey Back to God. I hope you have a great day.